Praise God and welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Before we get into God's word, let's pray. Dear Lord God, awesome and wonderful Lord, we just praise your most magnificent name, Lord God. And I just want to thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity for us to be able to get together to partake in your word today, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that you would open the hearts and the minds and the spirit of everyone that's listening to this message, Lord, so that the words that come forward would get sunken deep within their spirits and come bubbling up whenever they need them, Lord God. I pray that you would take this message where you will for your glory, for your honor, and for your praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Well, praise God once again. Welcome to Genesis One Christian Ministries. This is Brother Brandon here, and we are so delighted to have you uh, join us today as we look into God's Word. And as you always hear me say, if you don't have your Bibles with you, go ahead and pause the message and grab a Bible, maybe a pen and something to take notes on so you can see for yourself what the Word of God says. And once you have all those things, uh, go ahead and resume this message so you can follow along with us. I uh, hope you all had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving holiday as well. Uh, and so there's many things to be thankful for, many things to be grateful for, and all sorts of reasons to give God thanks. So let's dive right into scripture here by turning to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse number 19. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. So the main scriptures I want to focus on here. On verses 22 to 24 and really really I would say focus on verse number 22 where it says you worship what what you do not know we know what we worship for salvation of, is of the Jews and I want to talk today about why we worship and why we praise worshiping and praising these are things that get lumped in together and they do have two very distinct meanings but oftentimes they happen at the same they have to happen at the same at the same time Worshiping is about that inward preparation, that surrendering in your spirit to the will of God and, and, and really allowing him to move in your in your life and allow him to move in a time right before you get into the praise, which praises the outward showing, if you will, uh, of, of praising God. It's, it's the action where the worshiping is, is the more the internal, the inward work and the praising is the outward action and, and the showing reference to God and, and, and telling him why you praise him and, and what you appreciate. Uh, about him and that you love him and these things why they have two very different meanings they are also very important parts of our christian walk there are times when people just are focused on getting to church because they want to hear the sermon but they don't think about what happens during praise and worship they don't understand the why behind the praise and worship and jesus is telling this woman here clearly that 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 we as jews we know what we worship salvation is of the jews in other words what, what jesus is telling her is that look 
those of us that 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 are are saved if you will those that are, are listening to my word and following the will of my father they know why they worship but you samaritans you don't know why you worship and you don't even know what you worship and and in some history between the samaritans and the jews the samaritans hated the jews all right and, and the samaritans were engaged in all sorts of idol worship and so they felt like that they knew what to do they, they knew how to worship and they knew what to worship but the reality of it is that they don't know the why behind it and so jesus on his road to jerusalem stopped off in samaria to be able to talk to them and show them that hey my, my father's kingdom is coming all right and my father's looking for those that are going to worship him in spirit and in truth and so it's not going to matter whether you're in jerusalem and a mountaintop on the temple or 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 in the backyard somewhere it's not going to matter at some point because god is looking for those that are going to worship him in spirit and in truth as i said earlier while worship and praise are two different things they are there are many reasons why we should be doing this why we should be engaging in praise and worship and this is what we're going to talk about this is what we're going to talk about today because this is an important part of the christian walk turn to psalm chapter 96 psalm 96 and we're going to go to verse number one. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. So we see here, there's right there just in those few scriptures there, reasons why we should be engaging in praise and worship. All right. The good news of his salvation from day to day. This, the ability to spend eternity with God, for us as Christians, like that is a that is a really big deal. Knowing uh, uh, the the evil and the sin that we were thrust into because of what Adam and Eve had done in the garden. So the ability to be able to accept Jesus Christ, so that we can spend eternity with God, who who we are His ultimate creation. He 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 loves us, and and He wants to be our God, and He wants us to be His people. So the the ability to have salvation alone is a reason to be able to praise and worship God. Verse three there says, declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. God has done wondrous things in our lives. He's done wonderful things for each and every single one of us. That's a reason to praise and worship him. That's why we should praise and worship him. Because when we're doing and engaging in that praise and worship, it's showing other people that we love God and that we appreciate him. And this is just one of many ways that we can we can show it. So when people are wondering, like, why are you praising God? Why are you worshiping? It gives us the opportunity to share our testimony. It gives us the ability to say, let me tell you about all the wonderful things that God had done in my life. And then that should, in turn, then start to bring people closer to him. Verse number three, declare his glory among the nations his wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all, all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Underline that in verse number five there. But the Lord made all the heavens. You see, people have all sorts of idols that they worship, okay? And, and the Bible has many examples of all these different nations that were uh, 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 worshiping idols and, and, and false gods there. But the thing about those false gods is they're not living. They can't do anything. God was the one that made the heavens. 
God was the one that caused everything to be in, in, in existence. It wasn't an idol in, in, in the book of Genesis that said, let there be light. It was God. The one true living God was the one that said, let there be light. And, and throughout creation, let there be, let there be, let there be. His spoken word caused everything to come into existence. Not these idols that, that, that some, of these, uh, um, some of these nations were worshiping back then. And even today, even today, there are people that are worshiping false gods. There was a Christian song I remember listening to uh, several years ago. And there was a, a like an interlude into to the song, and, and and the singer was talking about how he went on a trip, uh, some or he was he was watching the news, and some sort of um, major storm came through a, a particular area there, and it knocked over this big old statue of Buddha, and he said he just felt and 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 it felt in his heart felt bad for the people because here the cameras watching these people crying, not because of the destruction, but because of what happened to that Buddha statue. And the people were heard actually saying, Buddha, please get up, please get up, please get up. And obviously Buddha did not get up because it was an idol. It's a graven, it, it's, it's a carved image. It's not the one true God. Because our God is never going to get knocked over by a storm. Our God is not going to get knocked over by anything or anyone. All right. So our God is the one true living God, the God who is above all gods, as we see there in, 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 in verse four. He's the, the Lord is greatly is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be a feared above all gods for all the gods of the peoples are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. So it's our God that we should be worshiping. Verse number five, uh, uh, actually, verse number six, honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Just going into the presence of God and feeling the presence of God around you, you can feel the beauty. You can receive strength in God's presence. If you ever just step back and just looked up at the sky at nighttime and you see all the stars and, uh, and if you've got a telescope and you start looking at the different galaxies out there, you can see the beauty in what he created. All right. Driving, if you, if you ever had an opportunity to be on a mountaintop and just survey the beautiful land or even up in an airplane looking out your window looking down at everything below you can see god's beauty in what he created there's no idols that are going to create anything therefore there's no beauty in what the idols do it's only in god's sanctuary and his presence that you find the beauty and the strength verse 7 give to the lord O families of the peoples give to the lord glory and strength give to the lord the glory due his name Bring an offering and come into his courts or worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Verse eight there, if you notice, it says, give the Lord the glory due to his name. That's the awesome God that we serve. The powerful God that we serve is that only he can only his name could be glorified. You can heap all of the praise and, and everything that you want on another person for all the wonderful things that they've done for you. But it'll always fail in comparison to the things that God has done for you. And God is so great that his name alone, the name of God, the name of the Lord, that name alone is worthy to be praised. Just the name. If you forget for a second, and I want you to understand the magnitude of that scripture there. If you forget for a second, just forget God in terms of what he does and who he is. And if you just think about the name of God is greatly to be praised. That should show you right there exactly this awesome God that we serve, that his name is great enough to be, to, to be praised. 
Verse number 10, say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is also firmly established. It shall not be moved. He shall judge the peoples righteously. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar in all, it, in, um, in all its fullness. Let the field be joyful and, and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord, for he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. Okay. If you don't have 13 underline, underline all of that there. All right. Because this is also saying something important. Why we should be praising and worshiping God. God's judgment is the only righteous judgment that there is. All right. We've all have gotten wronged by people in our lives and, 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 and the way we would handle them and the way we would, we would potentially even retaliate against them is not always in a godly manner. And that's just part of being a human, right? That's, that's just that if we're being open and honest about this, we don't always come back at somebody in a way that God would want us to. We start to judge them uh, 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 unrighteously, if you will. But God's judgments, it's all righteous. And he does it based, based off of his truth, his truth. Two, most, two of the most important words in verse number 13 is his truth. His righteousness is not based off of what your truth is. It doesn't matter what you believe to be true. What, what the word of God says is true is actually true. You can believe all day long that you're a female, even though you're a male. It doesn't matter what you want to believe. God's truth is that if you were born a female, you are a female. If you were born a male, you are a male. There is no switching back and forth. So his judgment that he's going to carry out on you is going to be based off of that truth. And if we look at the world today, it seems like no one ever wants to really talk about the truth. They want to talk about how you feel. If I make you feel good, then I must be doing good. If I make you feel bad, then I must be a horrible person. But nobody wants to focus on what the actual truth is. And the word of God is truth. It is truth. You can believe all day long that you are somebody that you're not. At the end of the day, God says, if you were born this way, this is who you are. If you were born that way, this is who you are. Period. Period. That's the way it is. God made man and female. God made marriage between one man and one woman. Anything outside of that is not truth. I don't care how you feel. It is his truth. And that's how his judgments are going to be are, are, are going to be determined. It's going to be based off a of righteous judgment. And for that, we should be able to praise and worship God for that. Why? Because for everybody that calls us crazy and wants to call us all sorts of names, because we're speaking about the word of God and we're sharing the word of God. We should just stand back and say, it's okay. It's not our job to convince them to believe what we believe. Jesus called us not to convert people, but to bring people to him, to share the good news. So if we share it and they don't receive it, that's not on us. That is on them. And they can call us all the names that are in the books. Call us whatever they is that they want to call us. But at the end of the day, God's judgment, if we are sticking to what the word of God says, then it will be shown that we were right. If we are truly sticking to what the word of God says, and that should bring you some peace, that should bring you some joy, and that should be able to, you should be able to thank God for that, that his truth is what's going to end up prevailing in the end. Turn now to uh, Zephaniah chapter three. Zephaniah chapter three, and we're going to go to verse number 14. Sing, O daughter of Zion, 
Shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your judgments. He has cast out your enemy. The king of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. And that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, do not fear, Zion. Let your hands, uh, let not your hands be weak. The Lord, your God in your midst, in your midst, the mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will with, he will rejoice over you with singing. All sorts of reasons there to praise God. First and foremost in verse 15, because he has cast out your enemy. Okay. Whoever is coming against you, understand God has already dealt with that. All right. And you might not have seen it and, and, that, and whoever your enemy is may still be coming after you. But understand God is looking at that person and he's not taking what they're doing to you lightly. He's going to cast them out. He's going to deal with it. And, and, and it's going to be on his time frame. But he will handle it. Reason to praise and worship God. In verse 17 there, we see that he will quiet you with his love. When you've got all sorts of thoughts going on in your head or you're dealing with all sorts of turmoil, just think about how much God actually loves you. Think about that. And as you think about that and you really, really understand the depths of God's love for you, all of that turmoil you're feeling, it'll start to disappear. It'll quiet you. It'll, 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 it'll relax your spirit. You'll find rest in knowing how much he actually, knowing how much how he, he loves you. He will rejoice over you with singing. Another reason there again to praise God. If God is rejoicing in something that you're doing, that should bring a smile to our faces. For God to be looking at us and just thinking, oh, I'm so happy with my, what my son is doing. I'm so happy with what my daughter is doing. And so I'm going to rejoice in, 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 in what he or she is actually doing. That is a reason right there to praise God, to know that when we are obedient to him, that he is happy with us. When we are obedient to him, that he is actually happy with us. More reasons to praise God. Go to Psalm 145. Psalm 145, and we're going to go to verse number three. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your uh, and shall sing of your righteousness. So there we see some more reasons why we should be able to praise God, why we should engage in praise and worship. His greatness is unsearchable. No matter who has come in your life and how awesome they have been and how great you may consider them. Their greatness will never be at the level of God's greatness. You can't find God's greatness anywhere other than God, which means that there is no one greater than God. There is no one higher than God. There is no one bigger than God. And we should be able to praise and worship because of that. Because if God is the ultimate being and he's the head and he's above all, then that means no one can come along and undo what he is actually doing. That means no one can come along and get rid of him. That means no one can come along and change what his word says to be true. No matter how many times people will try, no matter how many religions will try to come out and twist the word of God, they are not higher than God. So his greatness is unsearchable. 
Another reason, again, to praise and to praise and worship God is because it allows us to declare his mighty acts to those that are around us. Again, when you're feeling down and you're engaging in praise and worship, you got a lot of things going on in your life. When others see you that know about your situation and can see you praise and worship God, they'll start to ask questions. How in the midst of inflation and high prices are you able to continue to praise and worship God? How is it that you're living paycheck to paycheck, but yet still you can still praise and worship God? You got this physical ailment going on. The doctor gave you bad news, but you're still able to praise and worship God. You're struggling with things on the job, but you're still able to praise and worship God. Why is that? Why is that? When they ask those questions, that's when we can share and say, well, how much do you really want to know? Let me tell you why I can praise and worship. Let me tell you about his wondrous works. Let me tell you about his, his, his mighty acts, because I'm going to declare that to everyone that is around me. I'll declare it to everyone that is around me. All right. So these are just many, many. These are some of just a lot of reasons why we should praise and worship God. But now that we know why we should praise and worship God, what are the effects of us praising and worshiping? What happens when we start to engage in true praise and worship and we are, are praising and worshiping in spirit and in truth? We'll turn to the book of Chronicles. We're going to go to Second Chronicles chapter, uh, chapter 5. Second Chronicles chapter 5. And we're going to go to verse number 11. And it came to pass when the priest came out, uh, yeah, verse 11. And it came to pass when the priest came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions, and the Levites who were the singers, all those of Asaph and Haman, uh, Haman, excuse me, and uh, Jeduthun, <clears throat> with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east of the altar, clothed in white linen having cymbals, string instruments, and harps, and with them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord, and when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercies endures forever, that the house... The house of the Lord was filled with the cloud so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. So when we start to engage in praise and worship, first and foremost, we have to understand that it can have powerful effects when we are in one accord. When we are one accord, when we make praise and worship, not about us, but when we make it about God, you might be thinking, well, how can I make praise and worship about me? Well, remember what Jesus said. He said, don't be like the heathens that stand on the corner and, 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 and think that they're being heard for their, for their words. Okay. They, they, they don't, 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 don't utter uh, vain, have engage in vain repetitions because of words. That's one way that it can become about us is, is when we're worried about how we sound. Another way is when we're worried about how we look. Praise and worship needs to be something that's personal. And if everyone goes into uh, into the service there 
and is on one accord about praising and worshiping and making it about God and not thinking about how I sound or how I look or, 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 or what the person next to me is doing or not doing. And I'm focused on making that one-on-one -on -one connection with God through true praise and worship in spirit and in truth. God can move in some mighty ways. He can move in some mighty ways. We cannot forget the reasons for why we praise and for why we worship. The priest here couldn't even preach because God took control. That one being on one accord to make one sound, to invite God's presence is what opened up the door for that cloud to fill that entire place. And the priests weren't able to minister because they let God take over. So when we truly engage in praise and worship, when we make it about God and not about us, it allows God's presence to fill us. To, it's allowed God's presence to be around us. And I don't know if you've ever felt the presence of God when you're praising and worshiping. But boy, I tell you, it's something that, 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 that I can't describe. Uh, uh, I think that using it, the word using the word cloud to describe God's presence, I think, is absolutely the right word. It's absolutely the right word. If you've ever been on an airplane and you're surrounded by clouds, I don't mean like you're, you know, you're, you're flying through and you can see the sky and, and some clouds. But I mean, when you're really truly engulfed in a cloud and you look out the window and all you see is the cloud that you are in, you start to lose a sense of even the direction that you're heading. You lose the sense of how high you are up in the air. You just kind of lose a sense of what's happening around you. Well, when God's presence fills the place, whether it's in your home, whether it's in uh, actual church service, whether it's in your office, wherever it is that you are truly engaging in praise and worship. When his presence fills that place like a cloud, you lose all sense of the things that might be troubling you. You lose all sense of the things that might be ailing you. All the things that you're struggling with, all the trials and tribulations that you might be going through. You lose sense of all of that because God's presence is there. And you have surrendered to his presence. You have surrendered to his move and you want him to move in a way that only he can move. This is the important part of the worship because it's the inward surrendering. Then you get into the praise aspect of it and God just starts to move. And these priests, as God was moving, they put that, they, they in essence step back and say, we can't minister anymore because God's presence, his cloud is filling this place. We're going to let God have his way. We're going to let God have his way. So the effects of praise, it allows God's presence to, to, to completely envelop us and allows him to move in a way that he wants to move, not in a way that we want to move. We want him to move. Turn to the book of Acts, Acts 16. Acts 16, Acts 16, verse number, uh, verse number 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. So a little bit of a background in the previous scriptures here. This is when Paul and Silas got thrown into prison. And um, before this, there was a woman uh, that scriptures that had a, a, a spirit of divination and was using uh, the ability to, to, to engage in fortune telling through that demonic spirit to actually give um, uh, to help the, the masters actually earn money. And and at one point, she told them that Paul and Silas were, were 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 some of God's servants. And so Paul was annoyed by that. He cast out that spirit in the name of Jesus and it left immediately. 
And so when the masters saw this, they started to, to, to believe that, well, now that that spirit is gone, we're no longer going to make money because of Paul and Silas. So now we go and throw them in prison. So this is where this is picking up that, 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 that they are in prison. And that's why. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prisons, prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Underline that. Everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the, the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called, uh, uh, called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. Okay, so we see Paul and Silas were under less than ideal circumstances. They were doing what God told them to do. Why Paul casting out that spirit of divination, that's what God wanted him to do. And because of that, they were rewarded, if you will, by man throwing him into, uh, in, into prison. Those masters throwing him into prison. But even though they were in prison, they were praying and singing. And the prisoners heard them. This is what sacrificial praise is all about. This is what sacrificial praise is all about. Being able to praise and worship God when you're not feeling so well, when you might be dealing with a physical ailment, or maybe maybe the environment that you're in isn't the best environment that you, you, you're in. Maybe the neighborhood that you live in isn't the best neighborhood, and you're wanting to get out of that neighborhood to make a better life for you and for your, and, and for your children. Maybe the situation on the job isn't the greatest, and, 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 and whatever it is, that has you in less than ideal circumstances, being able to find and find reasons to praise and worship God, like many reasons we looked at earlier, and the Bible is full of reasons. You can go through the entire book of Psalms and see all the reasons why we should praise God, as well as other scriptures. But to be able to find those reasons in less than ideal circumstances does some amazing things. And in this case here, it caused the earthquake to happen and to loosen those, sh those, those shackles that were on the prisoners. Engaging in praise and worship will lead to chains of bondage being broken in your life. Whatever you might be in bondage to, those chains will be broken. If you feel like you're in bondage to poverty, that chain will be broken. If you feel like you're in bondage to, to, to a behavior that you can't get rid of, that chain will be broken. If you feel like you're in bondage to a relationship that you can't seem to cut ties with, that will be broken. When you engage in that praise and worship, if you have bondage to, to, to some sort of medical condition, that chains will be broken when you engage in, in, in praise and worship. If you're, if, if you have some sort of hereditary, so to speak, hereditary trait of some sort of sickness or ailment that has been happening to, 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 to all your family members, before you and all your ancestors, you can break those chains of bondage by engaging in praise and worship. That's the effect, one of the effects of praise and worship. Praise and worship will shake hell at its core the same way that it shook the prison at its core. The devil cannot stand to hear praise and worship. He cannot stand it. It reminds him of what he, he, he had the ability to be a part of when he was Lucifer. 
And he messed up one time and got himself kicked out of heaven. So anytime we engage in praise and worship, he, he cannot stand it. He can't be around it. Those demons cannot be in the same place where praise and worship is. Because when God's presence comes, those demons have to scatter. Because God is all powerful. Satan himself has to flee in the presence of God because God is all powerful. He is all powerful. Even the walls of Jericho were crushed as the Israelites, in a way, engaged in some praise and worship when they then finally started to shout on that seventh day. Those walls came crumbling down. The walls that are in your life that are keeping you from succeeding and, and, and pushing forward and breaking through whatever challenges in front of you, praise and worship will destroy those walls if you are truly engaging in praise and worship and you understand why to engage in praise and worship Last few scriptures turn. Uh, we're going to stay in the book of Acts and we're going to go up to chapter number two. So Acts two. Familiar scripture here. Acts chapter two, verse number one. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Underline that one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled a whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So when we engage in praise and worship, it allows the Holy Spirit to move. This is where the manifestation of gifts can start to take place. In this case here, the gift of speaking in tongues was made manifest because they were all in, like we saw in the previous chapter there uh, in, in Acts 16, they were, or not Acts 16, but uh, uh, back in, 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 in Second Chronicles there, that they were all in one accord in one place. So again, if we really know why we should praise and worship and for whatever those reasons are, there's, there's a multitude of reasons. If we remember those reasons when we go and engage in praise and worship, we will be on one accord in the same place. And Holy Spirit will be able to move and he will be able to pour out his, his gifts among people as he sees fit in that moment. In this case here, he poured out tongues on them. Verse number five. And there, and there were dwelling, uh, and there, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, uh, they heard the sound occurred. The multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marvelled, saying to one another, "Look, are not all these who speak Galileans?" Now the the Galileans, excuse me, they, they spoke Aramaic, okay? So this is what they're saying. Look, aren't, aren't all these who speak Galileans, don't they all speak Aramaic? And how, uh, and how is it that we each hear in our own language in which, uh, in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judah and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phygra and, and Pamphyla, Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. 
So the praise and worship in one accord allows the wonderful works of God to spread to everyone that is there. It allows it to spread to every single one that's there. Also, if you notice here how it says in verse 8, how is it that we each hear in our own language in which we were born? God knows how to communicate to you in a way that you will understand. And if you're engaging in praise and worship, he will engage in a conversation with you and share things with you in a way that only you can understand it. He will engage in your neighbor in a way your neighbor can understand it. This is why, again, when I said earlier, we can't worry about how we sound. We can't worry about what we look like. This is why, because we want God to speak to us. We want God to speak to us in a way that we can understand it. He knows what language you speak. He knows whether or not you have any kind of uh, 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 a mental disability, if you will, or if you, you have anything that, 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 that is con considered dis uh, a disability, it doesn't matter in God's eyes because he can still speak to you the way that you need to hear from him so that you can understand exactly what it is that he's saying to you. Because God is not going to have anyone on judgment day be able to stand in front of him and say, well, God, you didn't tell me this because I don't speak this. This is how I speak. You didn't speak to me in a way for me to understand. God is not going to allow those things to happen. So he's going to speak to you in a way that you understand. You have to bring yourself into a place to be able to hear that and to want him to move in the way that he wants to move, not in the way that you want him to move. And in this case here, we see again, the speaking of uh, uh, in the speaking in tongues that allowed all of these different nations and all of these different languages that that people spoke, they can hear the, 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 the even though they were speaking in tongues, they were able to hear it in their own language. That's what praise and worship is is, is all about. Is about the movement of God. Miracles also begin to happen when engaging in praise and worship. I can tell you from experience times when I haven't been feeling well. Like really, really, really not feeling well, then I can just get into some some good old praise and worship and and, and, and all of a sudden I can just feel myself just starting to feel better. I could, I could just feel that. I can't describe it, but there's a warmth that starts to literally fill my body, literally starts at my feet and it starts to work its way up all the way up to the top of my head. And I can just feel myself getting filled with healing. It's the only thing I can describe it is that it's healing. It's a healing. It, it's a. It's a healing feeling, I guess, for the, for the want of a better term. But you can just feel it. You can just feel how it just how it just works. Praising and worship can change your mood in a heartbeat. You feeling down? Put on some praise and worship music. You're struggling with something? Put on some praise and worship music. Get lost in his presence and watch how he starts to move. Watch how he starts to do things in your life that you had no idea that he was going to do, that he moves in a way that will just knock your socks off. But this is part of true praise. This is part of true worship. And this is part of the understanding of why we praise and worship. We don't do it for the sake of doing it because it's something to do. It's something that we've seen other believers do. And so we just raise our hands and we sing some songs, but we're going through the motion, not really listening to the words and paying attention to the words of the songs that we're singing, not really trying to invite God's presence to be activated in, uh, um, uh, in our environment. We just go through the most. If you just go through the motions, you're not going to get anything out of it. You're not going to get the movement of God. And God might be wanting to say something to you, but you haven't heard it because you're not engaging in true praise and worship. You're blocking his movement. And we, we in our physical selves can do nothing 
to stop God from doing anything. All right. But God is not going to override our free will. So there are things that don't happen in our lives because we haven't given up our own will to the will of God. And if we hold on to what we want to do, then God has to say, I'm not going to override your free will. This isn't what you want. So I can't give you what I want, what I want to give you because you don't want, you won't let me give it to you. You are still holding on to something you won't let go. So since you won't let go, I can't give this to you. But if you surrender your will to his will, he'll move and he'll act and he will show you things that you've never seen before. He will show you his wondrous works so that you can then share those wondrous works with others. Well, praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. Uh, and if it was, uh, think about sharing this with friends, family and loved ones and even those that uh, might be in opposition to you. You can find us at Genesis one dot sermon dot net. And on there, all of our podcasts are posted. And if you click on the subscribe button, you'll receive notifications anytime new content is posted. We have a, um, a YouTube channel as well. You can just search us up at Genesis One Christian Ministries. You can find our videos there. And we also have apps in the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. Everything is made available for free because we just want to spread the word of God to everyone. And also, if you are in the Salem, Oregon area, Come by 2651 Commercial Street Southeast over at Candelaria Terrace and come by for a live service. We would love to have you there. Uh, services are Sundays at 1030 a.m. So if you're in the Salem, Oregon area, again, 2651 Commercial Street Southeast, we would love to have you and we, we would love to, 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 to partake in the word with you. Well, before we end this message, let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, I want to thank you so much again for these words that have come forth, Lord God. And I just want to pray for everyone that has heard these words that that they would never, ever, ever have a hard time finding a reason to praise you and to worship you, Lord God. That they would surrender their will to your will, Lord, so that you can move in their life in a way that they, they in a way that they needed, Lord God, and, and move in their life in a way that you want them to move, Lord God. I pray for everyone, Lord God, that you would continue to bless them, that you continue to keep them safe, Lord God, and that you would help them to prosper in all things that they put their hands to do. These things I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, praise God again. Thank you for joining us and happy that you were able to share God's word today. And I pray that you go in his blessings, that you go in his peace, and that you remember that you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. Praise God and be blessed.